1: Welcome Giants fans. You are listening to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show will feature a lots of talk about the uh, the moves that the Giants have made in recent days following the trade of Odell Beckham and Olivier Vernon. the Cleveland Browns. We've discussed that quite a bit. We will actually talk about that and a whole lot more a little bit later on when we get a visit from Ralph Vacchiano of SNY. Uh, For now, though, I want to focus on the free agent signings made in the last day or so by the Giants, as well as a little bit on... You know what seems to be people's confusion regarding the plan being put in place or being executed by Giants general manager Dave Gettleman. First, let's talk about the uh, let's let's talk about the plan in general. I wrote today at Big Blue View, and I had written the other day, you know, about the plan as well. And and what I wrote today is that Gettleman doesn't want to quote unquote rebuild this team. He wants to continue to build what's already there. He's not interested in tearing this thing down to the point where they go 0 and 16 in 2019, you know, and guarantee themselves a, a a number one pick, anything like that. He has no interest in you know what people commonly refer to as tanking. What he is trying to do is win as many games as he possibly can in the short term, and set the Giants up at the same time for you know what he calls sustained success. You know, no one can really repeat the uh, the New England Patriots model where it's year after year after year after year. What you're hoping for is to be in the playoffs as often as possible, to be in contention year after year. The Giants just haven't been there in recent years. And what Gettleman is trying to do isn't necessarily a youth movement. It isn't necessarily you know, going with with all old guys to uh to make a short term run. He's trying to, you know, as he says, walk a tightrope in a two-two Trying to walk a balance between the two, I think he believes, and I think the Giants organization believes that they can make strides in 2019, be a more competitive team, perhaps make a run and sneak into the playoffs. You know, all the while, you know, building the the core of the roster, trying to use the draft to. Uh, to continue to bring in young players. They were very successful in the draft a year ago in bringing in lots of guys who should be part of their core for several years to come. They have 12 picks in the upcoming draft. I think they're going to to try to continue to build that, that core. Uh, you know, whether they go quarterback or not remains to be seen. I think they're fully aware that regardless of the fact that Eli Manning is their quarterback for 2019, they're fully aware that they have to find an heir apparent to Eli, that they have to find a guy to succeed him and carry the franchise forward. Whether they come up with that guy in this draft, be it Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray or Daniel Jones or Drew Locke or a trade for Drew Rosen, remains to be seen. Whether they, they wait until 2020 for Tua Tagovailoa or Justin Herbert you know, or, or someone else in the 2020 draft class that, that they fall in love with, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But they're aware of it. They'll figure it out. They'll make that move. I keep saying it's more important that they get it right than get it now. So you know, we'll just see how that all plays out. But i I do believe, in terms of Gettleman's plan, that he is trying to build a core that can carry this team forward. He's trying to continue to build the culture, which I think is part of what some of the veteran signings over the last couple of years have been about is simply you know helping the young guys learn how to be NFL players, you know, helping you know having these younger guys see the work ethic and the work habits and the way that some of these veteran guys who have won and been very successful in the league, you know, how they conduct themselves and how they go about their business, you know, all of that you, know, you hope rubs off on the younger players. You hope helps the team going forward you know, long after those particular players are no longer part of the equation. With with that said, let's talk a little bit about the moves that the Giants have made and one that they might be ready to make as I record this show on Friday morning. Uh, The Giants on Thursday announced the signing of veteran safety Antoine Bethea. They also, you know, we found out that they will be signing Golden Tate, the wide receiver who most recently played for uh, for the for the very much hated by Giants fans, Philadelphia Eagles, and that they will also be bringing in edge defender Marcus Golden, who played for James Betcher in Arizona on a one-year, more or less a one-year prove-it deal. To be honest with you, you know, There's a little bit of consternation from people when we talk about Gettleman's plan, the fact that Bethea is a 35-year-old guy, the fact that that Tate is a little bit older wide receiver. But, you know, the reality of it is I kind of like these moves. The Giants also, in in the Beckham trade, they brought in Jabril Peppers, who's a very young, safety, talented guy. Bethea still, if you look at all of the uh, the numbers and his performance over the past couple of years, he still appears to have a little bit left in the tank. If you if you put peppers and Bethea together, they appear to complement each other fairly well. Our own Dan Pizzuta of Big Blue View will be taking a look at both of those guys, doing a little bit of film study, discuss uh, to uh, to try to look at how they might work together. I like the Bethea move for the simple reason that that it gives the Giants a guy who can play for a year as they try to as they try to build this defense. You know, maybe what it does is it takes a need off the table for 2019 in this draft class. You know, they have a lot of other needs. They still may need some help on the offensive line. They might be going quarterback they might you know they need help at corner they they can use help in a lot of areas and it it takes the pressure off of them to find a safety in this class i mean they still might want to do it if someone like Nasir Adderley of Delaware might be available to them in the second round and they find themselves in a situation where they can pick him you might do that but it it becomes less of uh, there's less urgency to get that done, you know, with a signing like Bethia and, and the fact that he's been such a good player for so long and and if you look at his history, he's a leader. He's a guy that's that's been nominated a couple of times for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. And he's a guy who should have a positive impact on all of the players and all of the people around him. I like the Golden Tate signing as well. You know, I understand, as you know Chris and Dan have said on their own show, that there are some advanced statistics that show that in some ways Tate did not have a good season in 2018. But if you look at the numbers, he caught well over 60% of his passes. He's been a good wide receiver in the NFL for a long time now his His catch numbers were down a year ago, but perhaps that had something to do with being traded in the middle of the season, going from Detroit to Philadelphia, where it took the Eagles a while to figure out you know how to fit Tate into their offense I mean in the playoffs, Tate made some big plays for the Eagles. I understand the uh the the criticism that maybe he He's a little bit too similar to Sterling Shepard. We'll find out how Pat Shermer wants to use both of these guys. Maybe, you know, maybe they'll, they'll share some slot receiver responsibilities, get moved around in multiple positions. We'll see. But I like the idea that he is a good quality veteran wide receiver who should be dependable for Eli Manning. Manning should be able to to get on the same page with Tate. There shouldn't be a whole lot of ego with Golden Tate, a whole lot of, you know, I have to have the ball a certain number of times. A little bit like Bethia, he's a guy who should, you know, be productive for the Giants for a year or two and should also have a good impact on his teammates. I also like the Marcus Golden signing. Obviously, having sent Olivier Vernon to the Cleveland Browns, having cut Connor Barwin, you know, having been in a situation last year where they were second last in the league in in sack total. They needed to add edge rushers. They need to add pass rush. Marcus Golden is a guy who had a lot of success playing for James Betcher with the Arizona Cardinals in 2016. Suffered a bad knee injury in 2017. Came back in the middle of 2018. Was slowed still as he recovered from that knee injury. Didn't play as well. The one year prove it deal is. I think a terrific move because it gives the Giants an opportunity to look at Golden and see if he can still be that player that he was for James Betcher in 2017. He's not an older guy. He's still, I believe, you know, 27. I don't have it in front of me, but I believe that's how old Golden is. Either way, you know, he's still in his, in his later 20s, the guy who should still have a lot of good football in front of him if he's healthy if he's back to the same type of of athletic player that he was for Betcher in 2017 and again what it does a lot like uh, like some of the other things that that we've talked about is it while the Giants could still you know and probably should still you know, look to to add to the defensive line, look to add more edge players, look to add more impact guys in the pass rush. It takes a little bit of the urgency to get that done off. Add some talent, add some options that James Betcher is familiar with. So I like that move very much. You know, who knows where this is all going to lead for the Giants, but... I do think, as i said you you begin to see you know the the little bit of longer plan that that the Giants are trying to put into place here. They're hoping to they're still hoping to to win as many games as possible in in two thousand and nineteen. We'll just have to see where it goes I mean another thing that that the Giants could do you know by the time you hear this. Offensive tackle Mike Remmers might be a Giant. Remmers reportedly you know, came into New Jersey to visit with the Giants on Thursday night, a visit that is ongoing as we record this show. Remmers could be the final piece to Dave Gettleman's reconstructed offensive line. He's a guy who's played right tackle and right guard in his career. Is a better right tackle than a guard. Not a great player, probably an average right tackle, but that would be an upgrade for the Giants. Again, you know, a veteran guy who knows what he's doing, who Gettleman is familiar with, the coaching staff is familiar with, and a guy who would allow the Giants to, as we've said a few times, to make Finding an offensive lineman in this draft or building the offensive line via the draft a little bit less of a priority you know, I would still even if Remmer signs I Would not object you know to the Giants still using a couple of their draft picks on offensive linemen in the draft But what it does is it makes it a little bit less urgent for the Giants to use say the sixth or 17th pick on an offensive tackle, they still could if they believe that that guy at six or seventeen, you know, is a guy they have to have. But they don't necessarily need to reach or force a pick for an offensive tackle. Should they, you know, should they uh, once they get to the draft and feel like they, you know, they find a guy that they might want, so they they can not necessarily kick that can down the road but they could use their their higher draft resources on some other needs, particularly either quarterback or on the defensive side of the ball. All right, Giants fans, enough of listening to me talk for a little bit while. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll be joined by Ralph Facciano of SNY. All right, Giants fans. I'm joined now by Sny's Ralph Vacciano here to discuss all of the, uh, the the crazy things going on with the Giants these days. Ralph, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes to join me.
0: Oh, you're very welcome.
1: Hey, first and foremost, I wanted to uh, to congratulate you on the really, really nice, you know, piece of of inside reporting that you did the other day on the. Uh, uh, on everything that led to the Odell Beckham trade, and, and of course, that's you know that that's where we need to start with with Odell. A couple days removed from that now, what are your thoughts on on the Giants moving on from Odell?
0: Well, I've got a few different ones. Um, you know, trading a play, a player who's that uh, talented. Is not an easy thing, and there's probably no way to get back equal returns, a satisfactory return. I mean, you know, he was a he's a, he was a huge star. He was the, the marketing king of the Giants. Fans loved him. You know, there's almost nothing they could get back that's going to make everybody happy. Um, what everybody has to realize is the Giants were intent on trading him because they were tired of his headaches and distractions. Um, you know, he was loved by his teammates in the locker room, but, you know, he feuded with uh, Eli Manning, obviously. He did interviews and said things that the Giants were not happy about over time. Obviously, there were a lot of controversies. Uh, they didn't want to continue putting out those fires, and uh, rightly or wrongly, that's that's the way they felt. And, um, you know, so I, I, I think they'd lose a great talent. I, I guess I understand the headache thing. But then my other thought on this is when you look at the trade package they got, compare it to other trades over the years for top wide receivers, they did great. I mean they lose the better talent, but they get a first round pick, a third round pick, a twenty three year old safety who was a uh, first round pick just a couple of years ago. That's not what usually what top receivers bring back in return. So uh, you know if you accept that they were going to get rid of them. Uh, they did about it as well as they could possibly do. Yeah,
1: I think that's interesting. When you take the, the Beckham and Vernon trades, put them together, you know, consider that they got back a first round pick, they got back a third round pick, they got back a very good guard, they got back a talented young safety. They, it, they didn't do all that badly. I think it was you know it was it was unrealistic all of this this internet chatter that they were going to get two first round picks for odell or a couple of first round picks and a couple of second round picks they weren't going to get a herschel walker deal you know in return for odell and i i think i agree with you that that they did pretty well here
0: yeah uh you know herschel walker deals don't come around very often uh you know, the teams are much more protective of their draft picks nowadays than they used to be. They don't want to put them all in one player, especially when they've got to pay that player as much as the Browns now have to pay Odell. So, uh, you know, but the value is terrific. And honestly, as much as this hurts Giants fans right now, the, the even-keeled, uh, level-headed evaluation of this is we have to wait to see uh, what happens in the future? You know, well, let's assume Jabril Peppers is at least a reasonable replacement for Landon Collins. What do they get with the first and third pick? You know, that first pick might turn into be the Giants' next franchise quarterback. It might turn into be the the next Justin Tuck or uh, you know the next Chris Snee or somebody like that. And then you'll look at it and go, wow, you know, they got a great player with that pick. And who knows what they'll get with the third round or two? So we're a few years away from knowing really how well he did, but. You know those picks certainly can't hurt,
1: Ralph. I'm I'm glad to hear you you know go down that road because it's kind of the same thing that I've been trying to tell people at at Big Blue View. All right, you you don't have Odell Beckham anymore. You don't have Olivier Vernon over the last year or so. You know Gettleman has gotten rid of Jason Pierre-Paul. He's gotten rid of Snacks Harrison. He's gotten rid of you know he, he let Landon Collins go to the Redskins, but the bottom line is you may like all of those guys, you may know their names, you may think they're good football players, but when I look at it, the Giants have stunk for seven years. You know, with, with one aberration of a season, they've stunk for seven years. They have to try something different. It, and what matters really isn't what their football team looks like today, to me, what matters is what it looks like in September. What it looks like a couple of years from now. What really matters is what Gettleman does with all the money he's accumulated, and the draft picks he's accumulated. So I, I, I think I agree with you. What matters is what happens from here.
0: Yeah, and you know, look, I learned this from my life, my very hard life as an Islander fan. Uh, you know, when they have constant turnover in their hockey organization and they continue to stink most years my feeling has always been when they let popular players go you know they finish last with you they can finish last without you and you look at all of these players that Dave Gettleman has cleaned out you know individually you may say they couldn't have gotten better than a fifth round pick for Damon Harrison you know what are they doing trading away Jason Pierre-Paul look how good he's doing in Tampa but the general accumulation of all that talent that Jerry Reese left them with and all those free agents he had to get because his drafting was so terrible was a generally bad team and you know I'm sorry for all the people out there who want to blame it all on Eli Manning it's not all his fault the defense is stunk the line is stunk you can go up and down the roster and and see people that underperformed and Dave Gettleman just decided these contracts are ridiculous for a team that's playing this poorly we're going to get rid of all of them and we're going to start over my way and You know, I don't know, again, that's not looking at each individual deal, but for the big picture, I don't know why people have a problem with that. It's not like he just dismantled a Super Bowl contender and is now building an 0-16 team. He's building the foundations, hopefully, and he believes, for the next contender. You know, Ralph, I'm not as
1: confused, I think, by, and I just wrote this this morning at Big Blue View, I don't think I'm as confused by some people seem to be about what Dave's plan is here. Yeah, it sort of zigzags. I mean, one day it looks like a rebuild, and the next day they sign a 35-year-old safety and a 31-year-old receiver. But what I keep going back to, I went back and I looked at a lot of the things Gettleman has said. He's trying to build, not necessarily you know, completely rebuild and stink. He wants to try to win. And I think he values a lot of these guys' that are veteran players, he knows their short-term solutions, but I think he values what a lot of these guys who are veteran guys, who have won before, you know, who, have, who have something to offer in terms of teaching younger players, I think he values bringing those guys in. I mean, are, I, are you, you know, where I am? Where I'm not as confused by where he's trying to go as some people seem to be.
0: No, I'm not. I, I, you know, again, we can parse individual moves and 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 wonder, you know, oh my gosh, what the heck is he doing there? I don't understand it. Uh, but the overall picture seems clear, and and just what I said—that he's blowing it all up, and starting it over his way. You know, even some of the more controversial signings. You know, look at the the worst one he made last year. Uh, well, I don't think it's necessarily the worst. Patrick O'Mama might have been the worst. So I think he really thought that was going to be a linchpin guard for him. But Jonathan Stewart was a signing that. People really criticized. But you look at it, it didn't cost all that much. He obviously didn't know Stewart was going to get hurt, but he didn't bring him in to be the starting running back. He brought him in to be a backup for Saquon Barkley and to be sort of a mentor for him. And who, you know, look, who knows how big an impact his words of wisdom or just being around Saquon had. But that was part of Gettleman's effort to clean up the locker room, bring in good guys and... It didn't work out because he got hurt, but you know, that doesn't mes- necessarily mean he signs one old running back. That means he's not rebuilding. No, he had, a, he had a purpose for that. And it's the same with a guy like Golden Tate, which is another signing that I love and, and people are ripping. He is the next level below Odell Beckham. He's not a 110-catch, 1,500-yard guy, but he's consistently 90 and whatever, a 1,100 that's better than a lot of teams' number one receivers. And, you know, is he a little old? He's 30. So we're not talking about, you know, when the Giants are talking rebuild, they're not talking about a five-year rebuild. Um, He'll still be around in a couple of years if that's when they turn it around. And in the meantime, he's a guy that could have an influence on Sterling Shepard or Corey Coleman or just be a good locker room guy and help the culture. And that, to me, is as important as – uh, you know, the talent of the team. Gettleman said this over and over again that every Super Bowl team he's been on has had a good locker room, and I agree with that. I've covered, uh, I used to cover the, the Buffalo Bills when they were making their run to four straight Super Bowls. They didn't become great until they cleaned up the bickering Bills nonsense. Um, I've covered two Giants, three Giants Super Bowl teams. All of them had great chemistry in the locker room. Uh, you know, I, I've said this often when we talked about Odell Beckham not showing up for offseason season workout programs. Every Super Bowl team I've ever covered, when you'd ask them, well, when did you know this team was great, they would say, in the off-season, when everybody was there working together. You know, so those things mean something, and I think those are the kind of guys that Gettleman is trying to bring in and get rid of the bad contracts so he can do it his way.
1: So so we have to talk about quarterback and we have to talk about the the furor I guess at this point over you know the Giants intention to bring Eli Manning back in 2019 he's got that roster bonus coming this weekend and I think everybody expects him to get that bonus and to be the quarterback at the at the at least at the beginning of 2019 where do you stand on Eli being back? And I mean, does that bother you? Are you okay with it? You, you know, Where do you stand on the whole Eli sort of firestorm?
0: Well, I think it is time for them to have a plan to move on from him. Um, you know, he's 38 years old. Whatever you think of his ability, he's at the end of the line. And, and a big reason why he's coming back is they don't have a good plan B. Um, you know, taking a chance on Teddy Bridgewater's knee wasn't going to be a good plan B. Spending $25 million on a 30-year-old Nick Foles who's never had a full season, only been good in Philadelphia, that wasn't going to be a good plan B. And just handing the ball to the draft pick on day one in a, in a draft where uh, you know people are a little bit down on the quarterbacks, that wasn't going to be a good plan B either. So with no other option – they had to bring him back, and I do believe, you know, when people are saying, you know, he's he's done, he's washed up, he completed 60-something percent of his passes, threw for 4,000 yards behind a terrible offensive line without O'Do Beckham for four games, uh, you know, he's not bad, and he can still play. Things around him have to be better. He needs that line. He needs his receivers to step up, but I think the truth is probably like that for most of the quarterbacks out there. So um, I think it was a good decision to bring him back, that being said, you know, I've, I've, and in fairness, I have to tell you that I was in favor two years ago of them drafting a quarterback instead of Saquon Barkley, that you, know, you had to get that quarterback when you had the chance, and if that was the case, they would have moved on already. So I, I see sort of both sides. I just think at the moment they don't have an option to do anything else other than have him be their quarterback. Yeah, you
1: know, Ralph, it's like talking to you is like, I'm enjoying this because you're you're hitting a lot of the same points that I've been trying to make, and I think I agree with you on the whole, you know, Saquon Barkley versus Sam Darnold thing. And I got destroyed a couple of weeks ago when I came out and I said I thought that if I had a vote for Rookie of the Year, I would have given it to Baker Mayfield for the simple reason that no matter how good a running back is, and we all see how good. Barkley is no matter how good a running back is he can't impact a franchise the same way that a quarterback can and the Giants are just never going to get what they should out of Barkley and his career is going to be you know quote-unquote empty numbers unless they fix that quarterback situation so you know so certainly that there's an argument there that it was a mistake
0: yeah, absolutely, and you know how big a mistake depends on what happens in the next two years. You know, we don't know yet whether they will draft Dwayne Haskins this year, uh, wait for next year's class, or trade for Josh Rosen. But they better come up with that quarterback quickly before they waste the Barkley years. Now, in the meantime, they feel like, and, and I, I can tell you from talking to everybody in the organization, they feel like with a better offensive line golden tate now stepping in for odell beckham with the weapons they have that eli manning will be much better and considering i think they had 12 games last year that were decided by a touchdown or less they see it as a very very small turnaround to go uh from 5 and 11 to 9 and 7 which is a playoff record so they're not conceding at all they think they could be a playoff team this year i don't think they're you know, I'd like to see their defense is a bit of a mess, so I need to see that first. But I don't think their thinking is such a stretch. Um, but you know, long term, especially if you do believe that Eli's in decline, they need to find that quarterback very fast. Otherwise, you're right. Five years from now, we're going to be talking about how great was Saquon Barkley on all those seven and nine teams. Right. You know,
1: last thing for you, Ralph, and it sounds like I know where you are on this. But you know, I've been on the the where I've been been talking about the whole hair apparent or air apparent quarterback thing and I've been saying it really doesn't matter if they get it this year or they get it next year what matters is they get the right guy it doesn't necessarily have to come you know because we see the end for Eli it doesn't have to come right now are you, you you pretty much on that same page
0: I am I think that there's a little bit of urgency there um I believe that if you are in position to get a franchise quarterback, you can't pass it up, and I think that they blew it last year, and, and that has nothing to do with Barkley. He, he might be a Hall of Famer someday. It's hard to argue the player, uh, but you know they passed on Sam Darnold and other quarterbacks that people think are franchise guys, and there's no guarantee they'll be in position to get him again. There's no guarantee that Haskins and Murray will be there at four or that they're going to like Locke enough or Jones enough at 17. There's no guarantee if they wait another year, you know, if they go nine and seven, they might not have any chance to get up for Tua or for Herbert or, uh, you know, whoever else is available that year. So um, they're still searching and they're, they're caught in a spot where they're, they're getting more desperate as time goes on. That's why, you know, people laugh at me, but I keep saying, don't be shocked to see Eli Manning back next year in 2020, because if they don't, they don't trade for Rosen this year, and they don't draft a quarterback, they have to have that – they need a quarterback for 2020, and they, they, they can't let Eli go not knowing whether they're going to get their franchise guy in the draft. So there's urgency, but, yeah, if, if there's it's worse if you choose wrong. If you pick a Ryan Leaf, your franchise has just been killed for five, six years, and it's hard to recover from that.
1: Ralph, it's it's nice to talk to you and it's nice to hear somebody else say a lot of the same things that I've been trying to say. Appreciate your your spending a few minutes with me today and uh, hopefully I'll I'll see you at the facility sometime this spring.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, Ralph. Thank you. All right, our thanks to Ralph
1: Vacchiano of SNY for uh stopping by and chatting with us for a while. Interesting to hear you know some viewpoints on the giants from someone else especially a veteran you know writer reporter like ralph who's who's been around you know a lot more nfl teams than i have uh, been doing this a lot longer than i have in terms of covering the nfl um, always interesting to to hear uh, to hear what other people have to say thought that ralph had some very interesting viewpoints of course it didn't hurt that a lot of uh, of what he said uh, corresponds with the way that, that I happen to feel about a lot of, of what's going on with the Giants these days. Hope you, uh, But I do hope you enjoyed my chat with Ralph. All right, Giants fans, that's our show for today. Please remember to check our podcast homepage at bigblueview.com. We've been producing a lot of content. You know, my shows, shows from... Dan Pizzuta and Chris Flum, a show that we did together to uh, discuss the Odell-Beckham trade to to Cleveland. We've been producing a lot of really good shows for you lately. If you haven't heard those, please go back and give them a listen. Uh, Please remember to uh, subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Remember to, to keep it here. Uh, on both Big Blue View Radio and BigBlueView.com as the off-season continues to, pro- to progress. We get through free agency. We get to the build-up for the NFL draft. We'll do our best to keep you informed with everything that's going on to give you our opinions both verbally here on the podcast and in writing on BigBlueView.com. So, Thank you very much, as always, Giants fans, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals,